0: Welcome to the Fly Racing X Podcast. I'm Steve Mathis, of course. I'm doing one of those dumb intros again that people like. I don't really want to do them, but I'm doing them. Uh, This is coming up with Kelly Smith. I worked for Kelly for two years at Factory KTM, the first two years of Factory KTM's existence in America, 2000, 2001, and uh, Kelly's a good guy. I never, we didn't stay close together, buddies like Ferry or Nick and I, Um, just one of those things, no particular reason, just you know whatever um uh, but i've always uh, kept in touch with him he had a great pro career for a long time remember all the starts he could pull the guy could pull starts on anything at any time and uh it's interesting to hear him talk about his strategy in this uh, in this podcast and um it's uh it's good to catch up to him and see what he's doing and everything else i see him at redbud here and there and the guy was always uh, a gamer as far as racing is concerned he was um never got to like be super into it but he could uh you know, relying on a lot of talent to to uh, to get by, and a lot of good results. If you look in the Racer X vault, man, a lot of top tens um, everywhere he went. And I almost wish, like we talk about a little bit in here, he could ride the big bikes pretty good, four-stroke nationals and uh, and supercross and everything else. And he never really got a shot at it, or never took a shot at it um, to to get serious on on the big bikes. But he was good at it for sure. And uh, a lot of a lot of off-track stories with Kelly Smith for sure uh, throughout the years. One of them involving his his brother in Florida in a sand track wearing flippers and ski goggles or scuba goggles walking around. So, also first time I ever scuba dove. One of two times was with Kelly. The first time ever, him and his dad out uh, in some pond in Michigan. So it was really freaky if you've never scuba dove before. Um, you got to train yourself to breathe while you're underwater. It's weird. Anyways, um, flyracing.com and racer x and uh, this is kelly d smith 2000 high point winner everybody leroy pastrana's mechanic from back then still tells me that i owe him some money because his spark plug cap came off in the first moto with pastrana while they were leading and to that i say suck it leroy my bike held up both motos yours did not anyways kelly d smith i don't know what took me so long to do this and uh, i'm glad i finally got it done thanks for listening everybody appreciate it enjoy the show
1: a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis show on racerx.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. moto podcast featuring legends of the past stars of today season previews and race reviews introspection opinion facts and laughs here's your host steve mathis
0: welcome everybody to the fly racing racer x podcast thanks for listening appreciate it of course i'm steve mathis you guys know that flyracing.com please check them out much more than gear, snowmobile gear. Some some of you probably need that right about now. Mountain bike gear. Uh, they got a whole hard parts line uh, of sprockets, foot pegs, levers, grips, bars, chains. FlyRacing.com. Uh, please check them out if you're in the market for anything besides gear. They've got it. they got a fly wall as well. You can post a photo up on FlyRacing.com and see yourself up there. So thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the nice tweets and emails and everything else. Review the podcast if you want on iTunes. That'd be great. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on the PulpMEX app. Get it on uh, its a normal podcast app. And uh, plenty of places to get this podcast. And uh, again, thanks for listening. I don't know how many of these we've done, but let's just call it a shit ton. All right. With me on the line, a guy I've been trying to do one of these with forever, and it's my bad, but I'm doing it. We're finally doing it. I worked for him for two years at Factory KTM, one a National, which I bring up probably every Monday night on the Pulp Mix show, here or there. Kelly Smith.
1: What's up, Kelly D.? <laughs> How's it going? How are you? <clears throat> I'm doing great, man. It's uh, quite the reunion. It's been a lot of years. It has been, and I don't
0: know what took so damn long. Um I it's always blaming it on you. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you're not the one to say, "Hey man, I want to get publicity, hey man, uh, you know, blah 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 blah." Um, mm-hmm. you know, so uh I do I do blame me. Absolutely. Um Yeah, it's good times. And I don't know you're, you're you're up in Ludington still, so you're on the uh, west coast of Michigan. Uh, You go to Redbud. I see you at Redbud almost every year. So I don't know how much you hang out with the races, but I imagine if you ever meet fans, they probably tell you that Mathis guy will not shut up about High Point 2000. He just won't shut up about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've got some close friends who are in my, you know, like ring of riding buddies who Mm -hmm. listen to your podcasts and they let me know hey matt is still talking about you still bringing it up well i mean it was a pretty big deal i mean that was not only your first win it was my first win it was ktm's first win yeah it was michelin tires first win it was hjc helmet's first win in america so these were a lot of big firsts for a national win um yeah i know
0: absolutely and and you know, Nick Way, Tim Ferry, they're all like, Mathis, just stop it. Just stop talking about us. Stop it. All my riders. So I just do it, you know, whatever. What are you going to do? I was back they wrenching. They don't
1: want you to give them love or what? They're just
0: like, yeah, stop talking about us all the time. And 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 you're really annoying how you bring that up. and. <laughs>
1: So, well, I mean it is kind of scary how you have such a love affair with more than just one of us. I mean, uh, it's a little that's what makes it extra weird. I know, right? Now, I, I think as a mechanic, man, you got to bond
0: with your guy, you know what I mean? You got to just be there. It's it's a lot of work and it's a lot of effort and if you're not passionate about results and helping your rider, then then you get out of it, you know what I mean? Cuz it ain't it's not good for the money, you know what I mean? So, uh uh, all that kind of stuff. So.
1: um anyway, no, you, were, you were there to groom. I mean, you made that did. obvious 20 years ago. You, that was one of your main comments. I'm here to groom riders. and uh, <laughs> Take them to the top. So every time one of us did something well, I mean, pfft, that was a result of you grooming, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: And, I, you know, one, one thing I don't bring up is when we dominated the U.S. Open four-stroke race. I need to bring that up more
1: often, too. Um, I know, you know, we did a lot of domination, really, if you I, want to get to the bottom of it, whether it was four-stroke stuff, well, not only at U.S. Open, but also an undefeated season in the four-stroke
0: Nationals. Yeah, I bring that up, and I say, just like R.C. and Stu, and everyone laughs, and I'm like, screw you guys. <laughs> it's this, We went undefeated, just like Carl and Stu. Let's some- do
1: it. There was some stiff competition. Matt right? Walker. You know, JT Money, Matt Walker, and... Uh, the other Kevin, Kevin Walker, Walker. His home track. Clark Styles thought he had something Clark for Styles. us. Yeah. He, th-
0: he thought he had something for us. And, and yeah, but um, anyways, we'll get into all that. I got lots of questions, lots of things to talk about. Okay. Um, are you still riding? I know, not too long ago, man, you, you, uh, you were still racing Arena Cross here and there and doing all right whenever you lined up. And then now I see you're into jet ski racing, but as far as the the dirt buyers. You still riding?
1: Yeah, I still have a bike and a, a local dealer who sponsored me. Like when I was first getting noticed in the state of Michigan, winning state championships, that kind of stuff, David Allen racing has always stuck by my side. And been a part of my program, even when I was a factory rider, dude was so cool. He would help me out give me race fuel, that kind of stuff. So, um, He ended up buying out a large dealership um, because he used to just be a parts shop and Mm -hmm. was at the entrance to our Silver Lake Sand Dunes. But anyway, now he owns a full-on dealership with several lines of um, bikes, and he gives me a Honda now every year. Mm. And so I go to a few local races and represent and, you know, have fun and ride with my buddies and do that kind of thing. Are you still wearing Fly, flyracing.com? I am uh, glad that this series uh, of podcasts is presented by fly. And not only do I wear fly gear, you know, riding on the motorcycle, but, um, the stuff that I still do want him involved with team faith. We use fly gear. And so yeah. I wear fly life preservers, that kind of thing in the, uh, jet ski world. So, Oh, good. Cool. Great. Good to hear.
0: Um, so you're still racing a little bit then, huh? It's like locally, still showing up here and there?
1: Yeah. You know, I got to show up to a couple local races every now and then and show everyone I still got it. The pressure's still there. <laughs> Let me, hey, I <laughs> you can't. know, you go to a local race, and at I'm 37 now, and I go and race the A class or the plus 30 or whatever. You know, I'll try and enter a couple classes, two or three classes on the day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and people still expect you to win. You know, it's one of those things that I've been retired for a while now. I haven't even raced arena cross for over two years. Yep. So, you know, I'm still expected to go out and beat all these local A-riders and, I mean, kids who are still qualifying for nationals. So the pressure's there, and so so far I haven't been beaten, but I know that day is going (laughs) to (laughs) come.
0: I guarantee you you can still start. I guarantee you you can start still. I can. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm the John Force of <laughs> starting on a motorcycle. Dude, you're good. You just always were good at it. The whole, I don't remember. Obviously, you know, you and I did a ton of races together. And then I, when I was working for Nick, I watched you and Timmy. And you could start on a 125, on a 520 KTM, on a 250F, on a 2D2. Like, get, no matter what bike, man, you were a great mm-hmm. starter.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed that part of it. And I don't know if you saw, but at one point in time, I actually finally got a bunch of my checks back from my dad. And like he had his garage wallpapered with a bunch of them. Um, <laughs> and I finally put them all in my garage cause he moved. Um, I sold him the house. I'm a realtor now. And, yeah. uh, anyway, I got all these big life-size checks, you know, I was happy Gilmore style throwing them in the back of my car back in the day. And, he was putting them on his wall well now i got them all in mine and how many like the collection how many i couldn't tell you there's probably 25 25 (laughs) (laughs) somewhere in that ballpark but there's a lot of butterfinger Um, shot awards. i'll tell you that so yeah I, i remember back in the day i was thinking man you know what these guys should do they should do a commercial, we could do something fun, you know, do this little thing like where nobody better lay a finger on my butterfinger. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh uh did you ever have
0: like a I don't think I ever asked you this, but you're a shorter guy. But did you have like a technique you always did on starts? Did you ever have something that just was money all the time? And maybe you maybe you uh maybe you told me and I forgot, but what did you have a
1: secret? You know, um you know, I definitely had a routine. And I tried to keep that same routine because obviously it worked. Um, yeah. But I was a two feet down guy. Yep. I really, I really believed in that if you had two feet down and you brought two feet up at the same time, okay, you'd never get off balance. Sure. Yep. So, so when I still see a few guys out there, like Marvin Muskan start with one foot down, it really bothers me, <laughs> 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 but um, you know, two feet down, Shift as soon as possible. Yeah, if you're starting second gear, like all these four strokes of pull, right, you gotta be the first guy who catches third gear, and that's honestly what gets your bars in front of the next guy, and then you control you know, it a little bit. You got yeah. Your, yeah. yeah, if you got yeah. your bars in front of each guy on each side of you, you're good. Yeah, interesting.
0: Um, all right, let's go. Let's get in the time machine and go back. I got a lot to talk about with you. Um, you growing up in Michigan, obviously. And you're kind of in Nick Way's class. Are you a little behind him? Uh, Way and in Woodrow was a little after you, but um that's kinda your era right there in Michigan Motocross. Also, um another guy that comes to mind. I'm thinking of another guy that uh oh well Valade, obviously was right Valade, around then. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another guy, but is that growing up? I mean that I mean again, but you're on the West Coast side, so not the heart of the motocross side, right? There's a lot of outlaw mm-hmm. races, kind of, if I remember right where you're from. So you didn't race a yep. ton of AMA and all that. But is that kind of like all of these fast guys coming from Michigan? And of course, going back to Stanton and Bowen and everybody else. Um, do you remember those days of all, having all those rivals?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> um, in the beginning, for me, what happened was my dad was racing and he was more racing for fun, but. By this time, he was 30 years old, Mm -hmm. and uh, he was fast. He could compete with anyone. And back then, the 30-plus was an A-class, and it was just as fast as the 250A or whatever. So he was doing these races, and actually we went to a fair race, which was kind of rinky-dinky, but, you know, whatever. Um, He broke his leg, and at that time, I was about... 13, 14 years old. And so then he was like, well, you know, I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much over it. I want to start taking you to races. And so then the next year he did. And, uh, actually before that happened, I went with my best friend, Rex, who I'm, I know, you know, so Rex and his dad took me to a race and mm-hmm. we went to Moreland's motocross in the fall for, like, one of the last races of the year, and I believe that would have been, like, when I was 14 years old. Uh And this is – so I had never even been to an AMA-sanctioned race up to this point. Right. And so all my other stuff was just going to one or two fair races a year, all the way through 13 years old, 14 Mm -hmm. years old. So I go to this race, and I sign up for the 125 junior class because my dad had just bought me this brand-new Yamaha 125. What year, what year is this? What it, was the, okay. it was a 95. a 95 Yamaha. Okay. So, so this is still a 94 at the end of the year. hmm <clears throat> And Nick Way is there and this is when Nick Way was getting uh, this dude the this is Nick Way 100s Nick from Kawasaki. Yeah, this is Team Green
0: uh, team number 67 green, yeah. the whole Nick yep. Way experience. Yep.
1: So my dad had been telling me that there's this kid Nick Way and his gear always looks champ-
0: good. His gear always is immaculate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my dad's like, you know, he's got the same lap times as a 30 plus a and a two at the a class and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, my dad's like psyching me out. I don't know why to this day, but he's telling me <laughs> ahead of time, you're going to get smoked by this guy. And he's, you know, already basically a factory rider and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I don't know what this means at this point, but whatever. Right. And I go to the race anyway, gate drops and Nick and I battle the whole time, Uh and I beat him the first Moto by just a couple bike lengths. And then the gate drops in Moto 2, and Nick, I think, got the whole shot, however it went down. But anyway, he barely beat me by a bike length or two. I was all over him the second Moto. Yeah, yeah. And so Nick got the overall. I lost. I got second, but I was all over him. Right. News spread like wildfire, (laughs) kind of unbeknownst to me at the time, because I didn't know what I was getting into. I was just there racing. It was my first AMA race ever. And then so all this stuff's going on, like, who's this Mm -hmm. Smith kid? You know, we've never heard of him, never seen him, never none of this. And so my dad got word from Rex and his dad and everyone and all these people talking about it, holy cow. Kelly Smith yeah, hung with Nick Way. Like and you're starting to think, like, hey, so, maybe I should like do more of this
0: racing. So, yeah. So what
1: happened was my dad said, all right, I'm going to buy you also a new 80. And so then the next year, what I did was I went to all the AMA races in the state, did this, what we had in Michigan was this big spring fling series. Mm-hmm. Back then, that's when, like, all the contingency races were early in the year. Mm-hmm. and I pretty much won everything in the 14-, 15-year-old 80-senior class and was winning the 125 junior. Um, Nick, I think, switched to a different class, so I wasn't going against him. I was mm-hmm. going against Blades and Mike Fluke and uh, several other guys, Tommy Barron, all these guys who were fast no doubt about it, Mm -hmm. in Michigan. But I was winning a lot of races, and I ended up, I think, being state champion. Went to Loretta's that year. Got third in the 80 Expert class. Carmichael won. Um, One of the Kodak kids, Monty Montague, who was team mates with Fonseca. Right. Yep, got second. I got third. So it was more like kind of eye-opening things to... People in the industry, like again, you know, here I kind of showed up out of nowhere at the national level. Yeah. So it was it was one of those I was like a a John Dowd, if you will, (laughs) who didn't didn't race at the young age and just showed up. I mean, I always rode. Yeah, I loved to ride. I rode with my dad, so um, it just the racing wasn't there until all of a sudden when I was fifteen.
0: So when does KTM come into into picture? Because when I first remember you, like ninety eight four stroke national series, I think, you rode. Uh you're reading Cycle mm-hmm. News, you would do really well. I know you, you started racing some nationals here and there. But it was when KTMs were not KTMs, everybody. They were <laughs> they were I mean they were fast, but they were not what they are today for people who want to know that. And we'll get more into that like when we when you and I work together. But how does the KTM support come along?
1: <clears throat> so what really happened with the KTM support process was um, I dabbled in the four-stroke nationals. Mm-hmm. So Rex, who we previously talked about, lent me a XR400. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a trail bike. Yeah. And he said, hey, there's this four-stroke national thing coming to town at Redbud. Why don't you race my XR400? And believe it or not, we took... This was like ninety six or seven. Okay. Yeah. We took the forks off my RM one twenty five or two fifty and put on his XR four hundred. <laughs> and <clears throat> we went to this forest show national. I mean, because the XR four hundred, there was just nothing you could do to stiffen yeah. it up enough to make it even work on right. Redbud. Right. So <clears throat> we did what we could to try and get it there, and it was obviously way underpowered. But I got like. Pretty good results. Top five or something. Uh huh. On this XR400. Yeah. And so,
0: word got around. People must be uh, listening was, to this and their minds must be blown that there was a separate four stroke series, East and West. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: well, because this was late 90s and yeah. nobody had this. No, crap. I know, right? Crap. You know, it yeah. was two strokes all along and nobody gave a. Yeah, you know, yeah, nobody, thought about yeah. four strokes being that competitive. They were heavy clunkers and didn't make good horsepower. They didn't turn that high RPMs that they do now. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <clears throat> the word got around, and there's a gentleman from Michigan who owned Lansing Cycle, which was a KTM dealer, mm-hmm. and his name was Alan Rant. So Alan Rant owned Enduro Engineering, Yep. Enduro company. And he also happened to be a mechanic for Mike Lafferty for years, good friend of Mike Lafferty. He he said, Hey, we want to help you out and you should do this series next year. Mm -hmm. And not only that, we want you to ride our bikes all year long and blah, blah, blah. So in 98 was like that first year when KTM was really importing a lot of ktm 125 yeah
0: they started like almost another resurgence Uh, you know they kind of disappeared for a little bit but yeah they were coming
1: yeah they were like gone and nowhere to be found just like gas gas and all these other companies you know so like yeah here they were pushing like we're gonna you know be something again and to be quite honest we were poor yeah and my dad was like what's take this. Let's take bikes. We've got a dealer willing to give us motorcycles. Yeah, We had already sold off boats and other things <laughs> that my dad had and earned and yeah. stuff to make my way for racing and living off of what little bit of contingency I could make from Yamaha or Suzuki. You know, Just yeah. whatever. I mean, it was yeah. great that back in the day they had some decent contingency, but it, <clears throat> when we had the opportunity to get motorcycles, and then not only that, he said, well, look, we'll give you Hooserberg four-strokes mm-hmm. when it comes time for the four-stroke Nationals. You're so, like, what, what in the uh, hell is a Hoosaberg? <laughs> yeah. and Well, and then when I saw one with that big, wide rear fender and seat, yeah. I was like, really? Is this an upgrade from the XR400? But... So that's how you got on KTM. So that's how you got on KTM's through through Alan. Rand. Yeah, okay. it is. Yeah. You know, one thing led to another. I did decent on the Hunsberger, that first year, and I think finished in the top three in that series. And so then, thank goodness, the next year mm-hmm. KTM came out with the 520, and from there then we started to, to dominate to, together. Right. That's when you came into the picture too, and, oh. and all this stuff started to work out. And so, Selvaraj, still at KTM,
0: but Selvaraj was really running KTM back then. Was he given uh, Alan Rand, before the factory team came about, was he given Alan Rand more and more stuff for you? Like, were you getting free bikes and contingency and that kind of stuff before the factory team came, or was it still pretty, like,
1: pretty privateerish? Um, You know, that first fall, I would say it was probably coming from Alan Rand. But then after that, the next year, it was through KTM Okay, because I actually remember going and meeting Alan Rant in Lansing on my own, driving down there in my little Mazda pickup. (laughs) And then we... I hopped in a vehicle with him, and we went and met at Guy Cooper's house to do testing.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, next so, K- Super so KTM was like, hey, we got this kid, michigan Yeah, Yep. You know, he looks like he's got a future. Let's let's give him what we can, because there was no factory team at this point. It was just, you know, whatever. No,
1: this was still yeah. box van. Remember there was or, a uh, – wasn't,
0: wasn't there yep. a Matt Walker and Robbie Horton team, right? Steve Litz? One of these That years? was
1: a little later. Okay. That was a little later. All right. But, um, but yeah, the initial was like me – I was the east coast guy and then Lance Snell oh, yeah, Lance, was right. the west guy. Sure. Um a lot of people remember
0: you for the first time number 64 St. Louis Supercross. Mm-hmm. And and Ernie landing on you, which I know from when I worked for you you got tired of people t- talking to you about but um you were that close to winning and and you know he knocks you to the ground you get mad at him um It was kind of a scary move by Ernie, which, looking back, Ernie did a lot of that at times. I remember him jumping in traffic and hoping that it would go well (laughs) at different times. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, what do you remember from St. Louis? And and looking back on it, how much do you just wish you just held on for, you know, even to get second? Um, You know, that would have been an amazing story. I remember I was packing the gate. I was working for Ferry and Nolene. We're packing the gate going, this kid on a KTM is going to win. This kid is actually going to win, you know. Nobody really knew who you were. That was really your coming out moment. Unfortunately, it was it went shitty in the end. But uh, what do you th- what do you remember about that race? <clears throat>
1: well, <laughs> not a whole lot to be truthful. <laughs> I, get, I was knocked unconscious, <laughs> so you know that explains a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, it was just one of those times where. The guy expected to win. He got a bad start, or I don't remember if he even right. fell down in the first turn or what happened, and I got the whole shot. Shocker. <laughs> but I I felt good, and I always had a special thing for that dirt at St. Louis. Yeah. I don't know what it is, right. but, I mean, even at that very end of my career, I got a whole shot there in the 450 class when I was riding – in arena cross and right. I went just for a one-off, for a one-off off, cross yeah. race for fun, you know? So <clears throat> I don't know what it was, but there's something about that dirt and me that just gelled worked well together. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I get the start, I get the whole shot and I pull away from everyone else. And then here comes Ernie and Ernie was fast. There's yeah. no doubt about no, I think it. He won every like, race
0: that year, every race in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: He was like one of these prodigies, like when Reed came over, just smoked everyone. And so, you know, comes down to the last lap. Everybody saw what happened on TV. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he jumped a different rhythm than I did, so when he was coming down, I was going up. His yep. front wheel landed on my arm, ripped my arm off the bars, and sent me flying through the air, and I smashed hard enough into the ground. No, he didn't <clears throat> crash, did he? He saved it. He saved it. Yeah, saved that's right. It he went on What win. happened right, yeah. was his wheel just only hit my arm, right. basically. Uh, I got the raw end of the deal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I landed pretty flat, like, on my back, and I think I hit the back of my head, and it knocked me a little loopy. I think I was probably only out for a couple seconds. Yeah. And when I jumped up, I knew enough to be mad at him. <laughs> And I'm just basically kind of going off what I saw on TV. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm walking, trying to make my way, because I'm at the very opposite end of the, the dome to where the exit is to the right. dome, where yep. we come in and out to stage for the gate. <clears throat> and I'm walking down, and Ernie, was he was being sincere, and he came over to see if I was all right. Well, right. here I am. I'm mad at the world. And, yeah because I know something went wrong and I was about to win this race. I somehow had enough marbles <laughs> still to realize I just lost the Supercross. Yeah, <laughs> And so I shove them and then I'm walking and I'm trying to go get out of the stadium and find my way back to the pits. And... <laughs> and Ernie's mechanic, Kenny, gets in my face and one thing leads to another and I'm trying to choke him. And <laughs> then Nick Way's dad's in there trying to break it up. Ah, oh, T-Way. T-way in the oh, mix. Yeah. <laughs> yep. T-way had enough sense to go. Man, this isn't the normal Kelly. <laughs> Something's going on here. So, he's like trying to get me out of there it, was, it would have been
0: an amazing crazy. it would have been an amazing win. A privateer KTM kid
1: winning. It the would win. have It would have been amazing. It, it it totally would have and you know, the rest of the night I was going. So, what happened? <laughs> did I win? And I was asking the same questions over and over yeah, again. Yeah. I was clearly out of it. Yeah. I had a concussion. But, hey, there was always, that was 99. Yep. There was always 2000, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, for sure. Um, did you
0: know in 99 that they were coming with a factory team and you were on it? Like, did they tell you early on, hey, this is the plan, we're going to re-jump this thing with Shane King? And, and Did you know all that, or was it kind of a surprise when, when they called you?
1: Um, well, I mean, for 99, I was the factory team. Right, right. <laughs> And then for 2000, I mean, I knew it was coming down the pipeline. No, oh, Okay, yeah. I, I, I had a, a bit of a heads up, hey, we're going to push for, we want to get a semi and this and that. I don't know at exactly what point. I mean, right. Shoot, that was 17 years ago now, so I don't remember exactly when it was, the timing of it, but, but I knew at some point during that 99 season. Yeah. They were going Look, to do... we want to put a four-man real team together and have a semi.
0: It was uh, you, Donovan Mitchell, um, Shane King, Roderick Thane, and then Keith Johnson and, and Regis got hired later. Donovan got hurt, obviously.
1: Well, Donovan got hurt. Yeah. <clears> so um... I don't remember how it all came together, goodness. but I don't remember the order. I don't yeah. want to offend one of those two guys.
0: Right, right. <laughs> um, I ended up working for you, for Keith Johnson, and for Regis that year. I had three guys. But uh, because your original guy, Mike Wiesner, he got canned early on for whatever reason. And they were like, hey, you're going to work for Kelly. And I'm like, okay, because I was supposed to work for Keith, but I took him practicing like in November. And the first lap of this t- secret Supercross test trap, he he crashed and broke both wrists. So.
1: Yeah, I was there that day. Oh, were you? Were you there? I don't remember that. Yeah, okay. remember you also tried to uh, work on Roderick Thane's bike one time. Do you remember what he said to you? No, 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 uh, no. Uh, yeah, I what? totally remember. What, what happened? Some, Tell me. Funny how sometimes I can't remember yeah. anything about well, a certain era, but sometimes I remember a certain saying. I think that's oh, all. He was he was mad because you weren't his mechanic and you went to do something on his bike, and he was like, "You are not my
0: mechanic." <laughs> You're not my meganick. and what did I, I? I probably mouthed back to him and said, "Fine, good, good, go ahead." Um, I think you were caught off guard. You were like, uh, "All right,
1: dude, whatever." <laughs>
0: I, I, don't, I don't remember that. Um, yeah, yeah, that was uh, so. Take K- KTM comes in and 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 Shane King is on a five twenty indoors, and I always tell people. I don't always tell people about this, but so you and I are working together. Things are going well. You're doing the East Coast uh, 125 series, but we. We raced the West Coast 250 class on a 520 light like king and you actually made the main event in Phoenix that the I think round 2 or whatever got 15th beat Shane and, and mm. I was always like hey check us out like this kid can ride the big class you know, I don't know. do you remember that
1: I do yeah. mm-hmm. and honestly to this day I've always felt that I'm a better big bike rider than mm-hmm. on a light bike but unfortunately, in the era that I was in the mix, there just weren't enough good four fifty rides yeah. available. Yeah, the there was um, the, yeah, there was
0: a, a lot of rides left for two fifties for sure, and or one twenty five. You should say nowadays. But how mm-hmm. bad was that five twenty in Supercross? Oh my god!
1: W- to put it in perspective, I mean, we're talking; these were the no linkage days <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if you think that last weekend ken Roxon got kicked on that jump oh, i know he <laughs> should have oh. seen what it was like riding the ktm without a
0: link <laughs> dude. well they weren't too bad outdoors but indoors in supercross whoops oh my god i remember the wp guys coming over and being like there's no difference this simulates the link and we're like our guys are going to die so tell us <laughs> Don't tell us about. There's no difference in simulating the link with two pistons in the shock and this and that because yeah. we our guys can't go through a set of whoops supercars whoops without without you know basically getting lucky that they don't get booted off. So
1: yeah, I mean it simulates the link for two laps until it builds so much heat that everything fades away and then you have all these other issues that you try yeah. and. You know, overcome by having progressive springs and like yeah. all those things. I mean, we tried so much. Stuff. Well, I remember Man, we we, just, we were running we straight
0: horse. rate springs for a while. We were just like, I oh, screw it, straight rate springs for a while. But, um, so high point two thousand. You you go one four. You win the overall. Somehow my bike makes it through both muddy motos. I don't know how, but somehow it does. Uh um, what do you remember about that day? I remember. Like, it was really bad and really shitty, and in practice, at High Point, I watched you go around the outside of, like, three really good dudes, like Voland and somebody else, and you went around the outside of them standing up, and I'm like, this kid's good in the mud. Like, we're going to do good today if I can make this bike hold stay stay together. I remember thinking, wow, he's on it. Um, What do you remember?
1: I don't remember those particulars, but... I do remember a muddy day when I actually really won you over. Okay. And so this would have been back up a couple years or a year. And when we were first going to four-stroke nationals together, um, we went to West Virginia to a four-stroke national.
0: No, because High Point was my first year with you, and so then we went to 2000. Mud, right? We went. We went to, we to two thousand, two thousand one. Okay, so so high point so was ninety nine before that, though. Okay, um, I didn't work I, for you. We?
1: Huh? I didn't work for you in ninety nine. You didn't work for me. Okay. No. no. <clears throat> so maybe. All right. So I. Maybe then the whole thing with High Point was only a stepping stone okay. when I finally won you over because okay. I explicitly remember. Yeah, tell me. The, a better highlight okay. of you and I together. <laughs> okay, let me. Add I don't it. know how you really top our your first national win no. as a mechanic, but what really, really highlighted it was when we go to this race in West Virginia, and the Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw, is there. Oh yeah. You remember now, so we come and we're in our little box van or whatever we <laughs> had, right. and we're realize. unloading.
0: And it and I'm telling muddy. you, hey, and I'm telling you, there's no chance that you're beating him, right? No
1: chance. Right. You're pulling my dad, <laughs> blowing my ear full of Nick Way's going to smoke you, garbage. Except <laughs> in I'm a Bradshaw. And Bradshaw, on. and so we unload and we go out and we race practice, and in Moto one. What happens, Steve? I I I think you just beat him I don't even remember
0: I just yeah. just straight up put the smack town on the beast. From do you the remember East, I told? Do you remember, do you remember I told you I didn't know who to cheer for in the mechanics area? I was like, <laughs> I'm like, hey man, I might be just wave them on. I might just seriously wave him on. I, I don't even know if I can handle it. You that. were you were torn, but this, somehow this young kid from <laughs> Michigan won you over, beating the <laughs> match. I was a bad dude. We're lucky he didn't kick both our asses after the race. <laughs> Probably. Um, I remember after that win in High Point that you told me that KTM said to you, do you want a national win bonus or do you want a title win bonus? And you were like, well, I ain't going to do either, but I'll
1: go for the huge title bonus. Uh, Do you remember that? No, because here's the deal. I still have my contract in my file cabinet from that year. I had both. I had a national and I had... Oh, you did? Okay. All right. I had both in my contract. The sad part is is like I didn't know what I was getting into or right. how it all worked, or what yeah, people yeah. got for race win bonuses and that kind of stuff back then, and either did silverage no quite frankly not no, so we put together a contract, and I never thought I was gonna win, no so. When it was built with a structure of five thousand dollars to win, I was like, "Whatever, <laughs> I'm never going to get that. I'm only getting my base salary, and oh, so <laughs> let's that, go on with the year." Is that all you and got? We'll was five grand? Improve. That's all you got? Was five grand yeah. then? I got five thousand dollars from mm. KTM for winning a pro national. Yep, that was bad. You needed an agent badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, from there on, I learned. All right, right.
0: Um, so, and then uh, uh, I remember. Way got second in the second moto, and he was all over first. And if he had passed him, he won the overall. And uh, let me see here. Pastrana Pastrana was winning, and Nick was on him. And if Nick got him, then he would have won the overall, and he didn't. And and I was doing the math in my head, and I'm like, I think we got this. I think we won. I think we won. I think we won a Nash. I think we won a Nash. I couldn't believe it. It It's amazing. (laughs) And that week at KTM, Rod Bush hugged me. He usually hated me. And uh, when he got back to Ohio, he hugged me. I was, like, very pumped on Rod Bush giving me a hug. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Michelin, I still bug Randy Richardson to this day because Michelin ran a photo of Matt Walker to congratulate Matt Walker <laughs> in the mud. To congr- I remember that. To congratulate yeah. you on winning the uh, the National. And I still give him shit oh. for it. So and, then, and, hey, do you remember the next week in Southwick? Now, I thought for the longest time that you didn't qualify. You were always really good in the sand. And instead... I think you got Brandis foot footpeg in the spokes and had to DNF a moto. And in the next moto, you crashed your way back out of the points. And I remember we didn't score any points that next week at Southwick. And I was like, how did we win last week? How does that happen? It was just the the highs and lows of motocross, like just encapsulated
1: right there. Yeah, feast or famine. Right. And gutters. Right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and in 2000, in 2000, we go to the Fort Stroke Nationals and you win that. Uh, when I think 250 and four strokes, and then the the, uh, the next year in '01, one Langston shows up, Pingree comes on the team, Sellards comes on the team, they keep you, and I think that's it. I think everybody else gets gets turfed except for you, and uh, and mm-hmm. we're there working again. And uh, I was always kind of pissed, though, because I felt like, I mean, obviously, look, Langston was fast, and he was the future and everything else, but I always felt like they ignored, you know, us a little bit on there. Like, you know, we weren't doing our motors in as mechanics, and it was it felt like your stuff was always getting, like, secondary or whatever. I don't know. I just felt like – I'm like, I know, like, Nolte was there, and I still talk to Nolte all the time when I go to Europe, and he's a good dude. Um, mm-hmm. But I always felt like they they just put too much attention on Langston, and rightfully so. The guy was a bad dude, but I wasn't that happy in 01 at KTM. I don't think you were either.
1: Um, you know, to go from being – the hero, mm-hmm. KTM in America, to push to the side a little bit because here comes the world champ, Grant Links. And I mean, I guess, I don't know, at the time, I probably wasn't really right. dwelling on it that much. And I guess if you look back, yeah, it's probably what went down. But I was still just, you know, improving every year. I was coming through the ranks. You know, I went from that first year I was number 64 and I improved to like 41. And then that last year I was with KTM. I was 35. Yeah. I think yep, so. 45. Um, you know, I was, I was getting better. Yeah. I was making improvements no matter if I was the guy getting to test the stuff or not, you know, whatever. I mean, later it probably would have proved that I should have been the one doing testing. But um, you know, KTM really made it for me. Yeah. So yeah, they, they, I can't say too much bad about KTM. There there were guys out there like Alan Rant, like Selvaraj Narayana, and even later on and when I came back full circle, circle with KTM, you know, John Eric Burleson and, right, right. and people who believed in me, and said, you know, this is a guy we want to represent us that really did me right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were times, I mean, sure, I shouldn't have gotten $5,000 for a win in the National, <laughs> but, but they're also the only ones who gave me a chance when so, I was yeah. making my breakthrough as an amateur. So Yeah,
0: but no, not a lot of people were lined up to give you a fact to your When you were 64. Yeah, I wasn't
1: in the farm, you know, going through the motions as an amateur to become the next teen green star. And nowadays, look what we've got. You know, we've got GEICO and everyone else signing these kids up Mm -hmm. when they're 14. So, and that just wasn't the case back then. It was teen green or nothing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, 01 Outdoors, uh, Kelly, I didn't even realize this. We started off with a fourth and a fifth at Hangtown and High Point. That's pretty strong. Fourth and a really? fifth place to I don't start remember that. Yet. Yeah, I don't remember that. I remember it was really hot <laughs> at Hangtown. Remember <laughs> remember Thane
1: passed out. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. I remember him passing out. He came back and we had a little like a uh, kiddie pool or something yeah. set up. Yeah. Yeah. And he was yeah, he couldn't even make it to the kiddie pool. <laughs> it was, he was just just out cold. So hot. <laughs> I was sweating too. Yeah. Oh um, well, he's a French guy. He wasn't used to that.
0: No, no, definitely not. Um so the next year, or the O one, we go through O one and uh, didn't do so well. I remember you didn't qualify Steel City, the, the race that Langston's wheel broke, which was kind of a shocker. And I think, I think you knew you were done, and I was looking to get out. Also, I wasn't stoked with with how things are running uh, on my end of things as a mechanic. And I don't, I think you would realize it was kind of time for a change. And this is the, I think this is the coolest part of your career, Kelly, because you get a ride with Moto Triple X right for O two. Um, yep. for just for just Supercross only. And then, did, yep. is that when you got picked up by Easy Wider? For, for Outdoors. For yes. Outdoors, right, for Outdoors. And I remember, so now the 2 D F the F is out, and I knew that, you know, you had shown tons of speed on a 4-stroke. You were, you know, from the Hoosberg to those 4-stroke Nationals to that 520 that you qualified in the Supercross with. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, watching you from afar going, this kid can ride a 4-stroke. And I always felt like, you got to jump on a lot of guys because you knew how to ride a four stroke. No adjustment needed for you. No revving the shit out of it. Nothing like that. And your results started getting really good to the point where Yamaha Troy signed you and to lose a factory ride and get one back is pretty tough to do. And you did it in like two years. And, and I think a lot of that was because you knew how to ride a four stroke. You just, you
1: just got it down. That was it. Yeah. So that first year in 2002, um, I did the deal with Triple X for Supercross. And and I, I, and I was Triple X with, with Nick Way. So it was like we were still- with Nick Way. So <laughs> we ended up on the same team, <laughs> right. just not working together. Um, and then my buddy Rex came in and mechanic for me there at Triple X. Um, he stuck with me the whole year. There were ups and downs. I mean, I got more whole shot hordes and that kind of stuff. And I actually had an okay... Supercross season. Mm-hmm. And actually that year before, you know, you say we didn't have a good year, but I was still number thirty four, so it couldn't have been a whole oh, like, were a you? horrible okay. year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so while I was on Triple X I was thirty four. So it wasn't a horrible year. No, year not really. Before.
0: I don't know why mm-hmm. do I, yeah. well I think I think like near the end of the year, like I look at your results and it was uh Look at your results in 01. We started off strong, but then it was a 16, 14, 39, you know, didn't qualify Steel City, 20 at Unadilla. Sound felt like maybe the, maybe the second half of the season sucked. I remember one of, mm. it, one of it was because your choke came unscrewed from your carburetor while you were running up front. And to this day, <laughs> I'm like, I never took that choke off. I never check a choke. I've never looked at a choke. And now I have to check chokes all the time. And I remember thinking, how does a choke come unscrewed from a carburetor?
1: So I don't know. I don't don't remember that at all. I but. do. And I <laughs> and I
0: was like, Really? A choke comes unscrewed from a carb? So
1: anyway, that was my fault. Uh, anything can happen. <clears throat> so yeah, I I don't know. We get from KTM to kinda doing the triple X thing and Triple X was like, Well, hey, if things go decent maybe we'll add you on for outdoors. Yeah, they're full of shit. And they're probably full of shit yeah, from the first moment. Yes, yep. exactly. Yep. So I end up figuring that out and at the time we were sponsored by Maxis. Oh, and yeah, Yeah, we weren't using Yeah, this. Yeah. No, yeah, so everybody's bailing on Maxis because their <laughs> tires were kind of garbage. I'm yeah. Not going to lie. But I was racing on the East Coast where it was Usually sticky dirt, yeah, exactly. it didn't matter that much. it wasn't as horrible for the guys who were riding west Coast, and so I stuck with them. I said, "You know what? we have a contract with this company. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna put the Maxis sticker on the side of Dunlops or whatever tire tire I choose to ride mm-hmm. and Maxis was pumped on that. <clears throat> um, they were like, "You know what? here's." somebody who mm-hmm. values the contract we have in place yeah. and they came out and they paid me money straight up. Did they really? Oh, nice. Yep. Um, separate from any deal that I have a triple X or anything going on. And then they wanted me to continue with them for a while and stuff. So that was actually really good. And it was something that I'm glad I did, you know, looking back, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, yeah. I, I stayed true to a sponsor who was helping us out and triple X, you know, dumped me, didn't give me a chance for outdoors. So I had to try and scramble around, find someone to take me around. And here was this you know, 3d racing, easy wider team mm-hmm. who wanted me to go with them for outdoors. It, right from the very get go, was just chaos. (laughs) Bikes were breaking, motors, their motors were blowing up. They had some guy who claimed he was from F1 racing building the motors. (laughs) They were grenading left and right during testing, and it was just, oh man, what am I going to do? Right. And so I can even remember one time having to race. One of his motors that had already dropped a valve and sucked it through the engine and damaged the seats, <laughs> and it was so low on compression, and I still got like tenth at Binghamton okay. National with you know thirds the horsepower the thing should have had right. oh it was it was getting bad I mean, <clears throat> we were arguing it just wasn't a good situation, so anyway, sticking with that. With Yamaha, Yamaha saw something in me. Luckily, and yeah. I, I put it put together my own deal for the next year. Oh, you did? Okay. Yamaha, yeah. Yamaha gave me bikes, gave me parts allowance. Yeah. the whole deal. So three, and this then is, this is three. So this yeah. would actually be for two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then here comes along this guy with the SRT racing. P-Lock system that some people might remember that allowed you to drop these pins down through your foot pegs and lock your bike into the back of a truck or a trailer or whatever you wanted instead of using tie downs. Um, this guy comes along and he wants to start some sort of privateer team mm-hmm. and he's got a semi out of nowhere, this old beat down semi. <laughs> but I, don't I don't remember any I don't remember any you don't remember any of this? Alright, no. so he wants to take myself and then I kinda get Brian Mason on board and uh Zeb Armstrong and some others. And this is how Wonder War Og started out.
0: Oh, okay. At uh, Race Tech. Go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast. And we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. <music> Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com, Michelin StarCross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what?
2: No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. and. What's cool about this tire is even from the previous version of the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. And it's more comfort. So it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So me the
0: comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires.
2: Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have
0: for. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything, well, right. maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually.
2: Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this, uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage, so uh, it was a lot better. For me, you know, putting these on.
0: Four versions of this tire—they cover all the uses. Key for reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting traction handling—they do it all. Starcross Five, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer, people. These guys know tires and they know what
3: they're doing.
1: So, so this Daryl Saldana, who invented P-Locks, and is the SRT racing guy. Was also like the original founder of Wonder Hog and how that all started. Okay. Um, so anyway, he takes me around that year, the whole year. Dude, you go, and, you go
0: five eight five five four in the in the, to start the East Coast
1: twenty five East Coast. Yeah,
0: then second at Pontiac,
1: like nice work, and then a second in Pontiac. So yeah. I mean, I'm getting all of a sudden here's this guy that all I'm getting is some bikes and some parts from uh, Yamaha, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, top five, getting some podiums. Then I start getting podiums outdoors too. And uh, I made a good connection somewhere along the way with uh, this guy, Satoshi Moma, who works for Yoshimura.
0: Yeah, he was triple X. He was our Yoshimura guy for triple X when those those
1: guys were on four strokes. Right. Yep. So that's how I made that connection. And he agrees to build motors for me that next year. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were good. Yeah. I mean, they were. I wouldn't say anything near what people are putting out today. Yeah. But it was just good, and I was getting hole shots like crazy all year long. I'm in 2003. Yeah, that was was, indoor or out. That was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That that's really what brought it back around and, and you were 56 a factory ride. you were 56 yep. yeah yeah number 56
0: in 2003 socal gear bro
1: and you know what? what i owe ron joint at socal probably the biggest shout out out of anybody
3: <clears throat>
1: if it weren't for ron joint that whole program wouldn't have happened bro, really? oh really fun- okay cool. he funded my year oh, okay. um i didn't know that Yamaha, too. I mean, it wouldn't have happened without Yamaha Mm -hmm. and SoCal together. Right. right. But Yamaha and Mike Guerra did me right. They said, look, you know, we believe in you. You did great last year. Gave me all those bikes and parts. And then Ron Joint stepped up from, I don't even know where. I think it was actually because Brian Mason the year before or something. Donkey Kong. War SoCal yeah Donkey Kong Kong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) what about about Fernet we could do an hour on
1: Fernet we really could dude so (laughs) Fernet and I just became Facebook friends about two weeks ago I didn't think he was on
0: Facebook I don't honestly know if he's still alive but it's good to hear (laughs) he is he's alive and well he speaks he speaks and I've Got oh. text into him, and he won't return some text. But I, he probably doesn't have a, a, a. He probably has a new number. I have no idea.
1: So one of my favorite Fernet stories is when we're going to the Atlanta Supercross. Do you remember this? No. And you're, dri- you're we driving. We rented a his van. Box van. Did
0: we rent a van? We rented a, a,
1: a Ford van or something, didn't we? No. No. This is a time when we're in his box van. Okay. <clears throat> and. So he probably like parked at our hotel, yeah, like Who KTM knows? ATM hotel right. and slept with us, bumming off of us. Right.
0: And remember, he always used so, to put cologne on all the time. Remember how much times he put cologne on? <laughs> he, he
1: well, was, he was kind of a man whore. He was true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to the Atlanta Supercross, and we're like right by the stadium. Okay. And you hit this speed bump. Do you remember this? You <laughs> oh, hit the speed yeah, I do. Well, I was and driving box thing is like <laughs> <laughs> bounces off the ground. And so he conks you on the head with a <laughs> with coffee, coffee cup. Or something. Yeah.
0: Like <laughs> donk, right on the head. Yeah. He's like if you're going to conk
1: my box then I'm going to conk <laughs> you on the head. I do remember. I was mad cuz it scared me. It hurt. Well, I mean, when you get hit in the head, there's something that just
0: infuriates right. you within. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So where were we? Oh Oh, uh, <laughs> two thousand three. We made it through three. Yeah. So uh, Yamaha Troy calls you after that. Day, after that year. <clears throat> now. Yeah. I have you in the vault in the Racer X vault as racing East Coast on a one twenty five. I do not remember that. Did, didn't you ride it through the the whole time?
1: I did. Yeah. I refused to ride the one twenty five.
0: Metcalf wrote it. I think. Correct. And maybe, no, Nick was gone by then. Uh, somebody else. But, yeah, I, I knew that was wrong. It says, why, why is he 125? I'm like, I'll, I'll get that change because there's no way. You were a four-stroke guy forever. Like, right, right. As soon as you left KTM,
1: you know. They um, hired me to be a four-stroke guy.
3: <clears throat>
1: um, so, in
0: 2004. Was that Osterman, team manager? No, two thousand four was not Osterman yet. Okay, two thousand five was. Okay, so for...
1: So thousand four Flipper at the was still
0: struggling with stuff and a bit of a mess. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, when all the negotiations went on, basically the way that things went down was actually Kawasaki came to me first. Yeah, I have that down here. PC offered you a ride at some point. So it was weird at the beginning. It was, I didn't know if it was going to be PC or it was going to be Kawasaki. Yeah. And they were going, look, we're going to launch a four or uh, a four stroke next year, mm-hmm. but you're like the four stroke guy. So we want to have you because you'd be a good test rider. And <clears throat> and so everything was like, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, someone's yeah. talking to me. I'm going to get a ride. Um, there were details we were working out, you know, was it going to be with PC because if it was with PC, I'd have to wear Thor gear. If it's not, if it's with the factory, I could do my own gear deal. These are things that to me at the time were like kind of big deals because it would double my salary or not, you know? Yeah, for sure. And so when it came down to it, Yamaha got wind of what was going on, Kali thing. And I had already, I signed a letter of intent, I was going to ride with Kawasaki and we were going to hammer out the details whether it was going to okay. be. okay.
0: Well, remember they put Carpenter on it on the small bike underneath the factory truck one year. They did, and yeah. that's
1: because the rest of this story. Okay. So, Go ahead. <clears throat> um, my letter of intent was either going to be with Cowie or Pro Circuit Cowie, depending mm-hmm. on how the logistics worked out. So once that. Happened, and I publicly came out, yep, I'm going to ride for Cowley yeah. next year, but we're still hammering out the details. Yamaha got involved, and they said, whoa, 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 you know, we have first rider refusal with you for next year. And I'm like, first rider refusal? I mean, what are you talking about? You gave me some bikes and some yeah. parts. Yeah. And they said, well, if you look closer into the details, we have – First rider refusal, and sure enough, I got the old contract out. And they did. Oh,
0: you actually had a contract. I figured it was just like here's some parts. I bikes had and a contract, contract okay. as an
1: amateur yeah. to get four bikes and right. some parts on it. Okay, so <clears throat> so I said, okay, Yamaha. Then if you're wanting to exercise your first rider refusal, what are you offering me? And they said, well, we want you to ride for Yamaha, Troy. And so then at this time Phil Allerton's calling me and he's saying, you know, we want you to ride for us for X amount of dollars and I said, Well, to be honest with you, I've already signed this letter of intent with Kawasaki, mm-hmm. but um you know at the and right at this very particular time I was getting married and I was thinking family and I said I want a two-year deal,
3: mm-hmm.
1: not a one year. Yeah. You know this one. This one-year stuff was kind of garbage, and it was the trend back then. They only wanted to stick with you for one year, and if you, right. you sink or slam. And I said, I want a two-year deal. I want some stability. And Phil Alderson, Alderton said, not only will we give you a two-year deal, he up to my second-year salary a bunch. Oh, okay. And so I got on a, I got on a, conference call with, um, let's see, who was it? It was Johnson mm-hmm. and Kawasaki. Mark Johnson, yep. And, yep, Mark Johnson, and with uh, Mitch Payton. Okay. And I said, here's what's going on, guys. Yamaha's exercising their first rider refusal, and they're willing to pay me X amount for first year, which was almost... Whatever. It was yeah. almost double. Okay. And I said, and they're going to up their second year. And I'm like, will you just give me a two year deal at the same rate that you're offering me the first year and I'll tell Yamaha to take a hike? <laughs> well, you really couldn't, though, because they did have the contractual right. Now, of course he did, but they said, you know what? Yeah. We're never going to come after you, but right, you're, right. If you, but if you burn this bridge, you're done with Yamaha for the rest of your life. Right. Right.
0: That's what they tell kids and people like that to, to yeah. intimidate
1: them. Right. <clears throat> yep. And so, I mean, I was like, well, I, in the bottom of my heart, I wanted to do Yamaha, right. Mm-hmm. But Mark Johnson said, you know what, this, This kid, his only thing, and this is exactly what he said on the phone, this kid is only about the money, and that's all he cares about. Hmm. We're done here. Oh, wow. And I was like, I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm I'm not asking for more money out of you. I'm just asking for a two-year deal and some stability so I can start a family and be a normal man, Yeah, you know? And he called her off. And Mitch was like, all right, well. (laughs) And and I don't think this was necessarily Mitch's call. Yeah. And maybe if he would have fought harder for me, he could have made something happen. I don't know. Right. But I don't think Mitch had anything to do with it. Why did you want to go
0: to Cowie instead of Yamaha if all things were equal?
1: Well, Cowie was offering me the opportunity to be the person who helped do all the R&D, oh, okay. and and bring this new motorcycle. And I honestly felt like right. I was a good test rider, and this would have been a cool opportunity. I would have most likely gotten the chance, and what it turned out to be was Carpenter got to be factory Cowie, mm-hmm. not just pro-circuit Cowie. Right, yeah. yeah. And it, it would have been quite the opportunity. Yeah, um, for sure. And,
0: and Yamaha Troy, point, people people got to remember, too, Yamaha Troy, although it was good, there was a lot of turmoil behind the scenes with the team and kind of falling apart, not organized well. Dean Baker jumped ship. Uh, Frenchie mm-hmm. was there, but uh, it was a bit of a cluster.
1: It was. It was a mess, and I, I didn't know it, really. I, I, I really didn't know that much of what was going on. It mm-hmm. turned out to be Whew, quite the mess yeah. by the time I got in there. And I I guess going back I mean I wish they would have given me that two year deal and I could have maybe possibly done something different. Right. And maybe that would have changed things somewhere along the lines in my mm-hmm. career because the team fell apart. It really did. Yeah. Our bikes our bikes didn't get better. Right. I'm not saying it was Frenchie's fault. I think he's good at what he does, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but the administration above him was a mess. Yeah, I mean we had guys in and out of rehab who were running a team, and it just was bad.
0: Yeah, I know for sure. I remember I was at Yamaha that time. Remember? So, um, you know, mm-hmm. we we heard some of that stuff, and we were front row seat to some of that stuff. Um, yep. Do you remember I I got you out to test our four stroke when we were having jetting problems, and I'm like, hey, get, <laughs> I'm like, get Kelly. Call Kelly Smith. Yep. Give, him, give him a day rate. Come get him out here and, and guinea pig this four stroke with us with Uncle Bob and and everybody. You were great. You helped us a lot. I think so. That
1: yeah, was cool. that was that was cool. I mean, I, I honestly, I'll probably never forget that day. Um, really? Getting yeah. the call up from Yamaha. Well, that they wanted me of all.
0: people Okay, hold on a second. The you then, then you owe me because I made that happen. So uh, you will never forget <laughs> that day. It was because of me. I said, this guy, this kid can ride a four-stroke. He knows four-stroke carburation. He knows how four-stroke motors are. He'll help us.
1: (laughs) You know, well, the whole thing went down because Ferry's bike was hiccuping at the Supercross the weekend before and was about killing him. So So, you're like, oh, yeah, get this Kelly Smith kid out here to come (laughs) test it. He doesn't mind putting his life on the line for Tim Ferry.
0: Maybe it'll hiccup on him.
1: <laughs> yeah. If he endows his brains out, it's all right. He's right. he's nobody. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, that's no, funny. it it was fun and yeah. I, I can remember um really I remember doing so many passes off the side of the face of the triple yeah. and flat landing it on purpose to try and make it hiccup and doing all those things and working through the jetting issues and getting that thing running tip top so it was perfect for him the next weekend it was a little Yeah. It was cool.
0: It definitely helped. Um from there, f after Troy, you go to a Honda team. Was that Motorsport?
1: What team is that? So um yeah, after Yamaha yeah. Troy, Danny yeah. Smith and I both left Yamaha Troy and my, went to Motorsport. Two of my old Honda. riders.
0: Two of my old riders, by the way, Danny Smith, ninety eight. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we had Osterman the whole year we were at Yamaha Troy telling us it was the retirement tour. So <laughs> Dave. So, needless to say, we didn't feel like we were going to be sticking around there. Right. And we had already seen the shambles of that team for yeah. two years in a row, and for we're over sh- it. For sure.
0: Um. And then at one point after that, you end up at WBR, which is another behind-the-scenes just shit show. Like,
1: people don't even realize it, right? People don't realize it. Maybe my inner circle (laughs) from back home knows. Um, Even just as of recently, you know, like a couple of guys we ride with around here locally have Suzuki's, and I'm like, I just had such a bad taste in my mouth with Suzuki because that program is was the end of my national and supercross yeah. career, and it was because the bikes were that bad. Yeah. They were horrible, yeah. and it wasn't Buddy Antonez's fault who was managing the team. It was the I, – I don't even know why. I don't know why Yoshimura could not take that new engine design and make the competitive – 250F, but there was something about it that mm-hmm. they could not, Yeah, and it was horrible.
0: I remember thinking, and like, Burner was there, you were there, um,
1: was Burner there? Yeah, I think Burner was there. Burner was there, and so was right. Adams. Uh, Troy Adams, that's right, yeah. but so Adams hated it so much, and he had an agent at the time. I did my own deals almost every year throughout the whole thing, so for a year or two I had Rich Swisher do some stuff for me, but he had an agent who fought and fought and fought for him. And he was a big dude too. So he ended up getting off the two fifty F and rode a four fifty in outdoors. And lucky him <laughs> because our two fifty <laughs> Fs were horrible, man.
0: Yeah, it was uh it was Bramble, wasn't it? It was Fred Bramble, I think. That's his agent. I think so. Yep, yeah. I think you're right. Um yeah it was just another one of those deals where you're just like oh. so much money spent on canopies and graphics and team shirts and nothing going on behind the scenes just nothing just and the, uh,
1: and the whole WBR thing failed it went away yeah it started out as it was Rockstar? WBR Rockstar Suzuki thing? Yeah. and and the Williams brother racing part of it owed money all over the place or whatever the story was and uh uh-huh. they went away and Thank goodness actually. The one good redeeming quality about Suzuki was they stepped up and they said, We're not gonna let this entire team and all Just these people fold, right? fall to the wayside and fold. We're gonna make sure that the program goes through. Huh. That's good, yeah. Good 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 that they did that
0: for sure. Um yep. Did you manage to save some money from your career? Did you do all right? Did you when you're all said and done, did you did you have something put away? Um
1: not really a whole lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> um well, I mean, because, crash, too, like I said at the beginning of that, I started a family, Yep. and having a family and a family that travels with you, and when you live <clears throat> in Northern Michigan, where you can't train year round and then, so then you have to either go live in California half the year yep. and lease places or um go down south. I ended up joining up with the uh GPF crew mm-hmm. the Georgia practice facility and getting a membership there and
0: Woodrow, back with Woodrow.
1: Yeah, yep, and purchased a motorhome. Motorhome was the worst probably the worst decision of my life. <laughs> if I could take anything back, it would be I would never buy a motorhome. Oh, I know, dude, I know. <laughs> what a me. money loser. Yeah, they are. Um but other than that, I mean I did fine. You know, I mean, I bought some property back home and mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I were able to early on, like our first year in marriage, buy our first home and do that kind of stuff. And
0: yeah, so get get a nice little, a nice family. little uh, like a like a head start in life. Anyways, that maybe younger people wouldn't. Yeah,
1: have. I mean, I definitely don't regret fifteen years of being able to be a professional athlete. Yeah, right.
0: Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, pretty good from a kid from Ludington who really didn't know what he was doing until he was fourteen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. Um, is that coffee shop still in Ludington? I gotta get up there.
1: No, and that angel that you loved isn't there either.
0: Oh, she was. <laughs> she was the coffee making angel. That that woman was. <laughs> she could make the. I forgot about that. She make. Don't. Hopefully Pookie doesn't listen to this. Get myself in trouble. <laughs> um, you Were you there when I met? Yeah, you were around with, when I met Angie, my my wife. Yeah. 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 For oh, sure. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was. And I met her in like
1: ninety eight, ninety nine. So yeah, fun. yeah, she was only slightly misunderstood.
0: <laughs> slightly misunderstood. That was my always my my thing, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I that coffee shop was good. And hey, and those dunes by your house were fun. We rode those sand yep. dunes by your place. Um, yeah, it was good times. F- fun times. We had a lot of good times. Remember when you brought your uh, jet ski to Michigan too? Yeah, yeah, that was good. I sold it. I ended up buying I... that from you. Right, did you? Okay. I didn't know if it was you or your buddy. Right. You yeah, you ended up getting that thing, right? The superjet. Yep. Yeah, yep. that was fun. Remember the Aerostar? I had the Aerostar for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. The jet ski in the Aerostar. In the Aerostar, driving around forever. <laughs> oh man. And then I always remember too, like those East Coast Force took nationals. You didn't you kill it money wise? Like didn't you negotiate some big deal with KTM and they thought it was probably bigger than what it really was and you were we had six weeks after the – so I work all year long as a mechanic and, and you know, 29 races, supercross, motocross, everything else. And then I always remember thinking like, oh, six more weeks because we, you, I used to stay in your house <laughs> and we would drive yeah. to the races in a box fan, and you were just killing. I was still getting paid, don't get me wrong. You were bonusing me out I'm probably. I don't remember, but I'm sure you were. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking, oh, God, six more weeks of maintaining bikes and doing all that. <laughs>
1: So those were good six weeks. Yeah. You you, know, if if you look back or you think there were probably times when we were like burnout, but those were money making six weeks. Oh, well for you, not for me, for you. (laughs) Well, (laughs) for, they were better for you. You were making more bonus money because I was actually winning. Yeah. But didn't you, (laughs) KTM paid you well, didn't they? They did. I had a flat rate Mm -hmm. that I got paid. Um, plus on top of that, I had a pretty good bonus structure yeah. per race and then I had a championship bonus. Yeah, I So, um, those were good. I mean, I going went... back in six weeks or seven weeks, however long they were, depending mm-hmm. on the yeah. year. I mean, there were times where it was, I was making an extra, probably 40 grand yeah. and, and for, you know, a semi pro local time, race. Yeah. That, was, that was really yeah. good money. Yeah.
0: Um and I remember to the um, um, nine eleven. We were at Bud's Creek at nine eleven day. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, we were yeah. right there in the thick of it. Do you oh. remember that? Uh, because it happened, our cell phones went out. We were so close. No, no, I don't. The action, really? <clears throat> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, because you know we were only
0: what thirty yeah, forty 30 minutes, minutes from right. DC. Right. So. where the plane hit the Pentagon, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're so close to the Pentagon that the the cell phone structure in, in the time like must not have been that great, and people were freaking out and calling everywhere, and cell phones went out. We couldn't even call anybody, tell everyone we were all right. I don't remember that. I remember sirens all day though, going through Waldorf
0: up to up to uh, Washington, um, and we were riding at Bud's Creek. I remember either before you rode your first moto, because Jonathan Beasley let us practice there, and either before you rode or after, we were just had the radio on, just listening to the radio, trying to find out what happened, you know?
1: Probably before we rode and after we rode, we went to Chili's and we got queso and chips. <laughs> Every day? Every single day? Every day. day. <laughs> queso. <laughs> yeah. For all the the listeners out there, Every time we would walk into a Chili's, the bussers or attendants would come and ask we how many were in our party, and Mathis would just say, queso. Queso <laughs> okay, staff. And then they would come and they would ask for a drink order, and Mathis <laughs> would say, Queso. <laughs>
0: I wonder if the 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 lady who paid expenses at KTM. She just kept seeing queso on these bills, <laughs> just writing expense checks. Queso, queso. Yep. Another six fifty. Queso, six fifty. Queso. <laughs> Good times, right? Oh yes, yeah. I remember that. And then yeah, there was um, well there was a the Bradshaw race. The there was the undefeated season. It we went to Muddy Creek. Went to Birch Creek, Buds Creek. A lot of creeks. Um. What else was there? I don't know. What other tracks Lincoln were Lincoln Trail. Lincoln Trail, yeah. Casey, Illinois, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. Driving. We yep. always when we drove in a box van. We drove old school box van. Yeah. Do you remember when I rear-ended you in the box van in, <laughs> early in the morning <laughs> for a four-stroke <laughs> national? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I... Vaguely, I don't remember all the details. Yeah, you had a you had a truck
0: tail with a hitch on it, and uh, I was driving a box van, old KTM box van, full of water. You know, three bikes loaded down It was a little bit wet on the pavement, and (laughs) I I was I mean the brakes were bad. The brakes the thing went right to the floor. The pedal went right to the floor, and I just went "Mm," into you and bent the bumper. And Komar was so mad at me. And I'm like, whatever, bro. I had full of water. Beat it. It was four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning. Leave me alone. He was so <laughs> mad at me.
1: <laughs> Good times. Did you hit you? Were, I was I was in my truck, right?
0: Yeah, your truck was fine because you had a hitch, so no big deal. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you were I just, was in my Dodge Ram truck that I had at the time. You just thought it was funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, Good times. Uh, KTM's, WBR's, Yamaha Troy, 3D Racing's kelly smith and don't worry if you show up bill dill still has the t- same t-shirt team shirt on that he had when when he had your team so if you come yeah. to the races now you can still see that
1: wow the, the
0: bill dill was definitely the low light of my career <laughs> but it, i i gave you props because you know building yourself up back from that like a lot of kids lose a ride and that's it they don't get one back you know what it i mean it was
1: really the next year that propelled me back into it yeah but you could have you
0: could have given up you could have been like ah screw this i'm done or whatever you know what i mean like it's a nice little mid-career comeback by k smith
1: yeah it it took some resilience i wasn't a quitter (laughs) i I, I couldn't be a quitter i worked too hard to get to where i was and
0: um give me your best i wanted to make it oh go ahead
1: no, I just said I wanted to make it, man. Yeah. I, well, I wanted to do something with all that um, years of riding and God-given talent that I had.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. I think you deserve a lot of credit for that. Give me your best Nick Way story.
1: What's the best one you oh, have? I probably can't tell those on here. Oh, okay.
0: It's kind of like the fournette ones, right? <laughs> yeah. God, if I, the Fournette ones, if we could go for an hour. But I did one of these with him. You should listen to it. It's it's classic. I managed to actually pin him down. So.
1: <laughs> oh, man, there's so much that even he, I'm sure, is not well, willing to say. No, I know. We could all get in trouble. The <laughs> authorities could be on yeah. us.
0: Um, I don't think it's High Point 2000, but give me your best race ever. Was that it? Is High Point 2000? I mean, he's all muddy and crappy. Um But maybe not. What's your best race ever? Is there one that stands out? Um, I don't
1: know. I mean, that was a day that put me really, really, like, solidified me on the map. You know, I almost won the Supercross the year before. And I finally come out and win the next year. But then later, I won the U.S. Open two different times. And so, I mean, that's. That's today's Monster Cup. For those who don't know, um I won it in the four-stroke class cuz they had a separate four-stroke class back in the day. Yeah, we and that, um, that and then I a... also won the lights class. And when oh, was beat... that? When was that? Yep. what, um, what bike were you on? It was uh, that was 2003, my comeback year. Oh, okay. All right. Um I was on my bike, but I probably had yamaha troy graphics on or something because yeah, yeah. i would already signed my yamaha troy deal right <clears throat> um and actually that's a funny story the next year i come back with the number one plate to defend my championship and i go out with some friends um the, the day before and have dinner at this German Bavarian place that's mm-hmm. like a buffet deal and I got food poisoning. Oh. Warmer. And was so deathly ill. Oh I had to go and be hospitalized. Jeez. And I couldn't race. I had all this I mean, Yamaha yeah. Troy made a big deal of it. Thrive. I had, a custom helmet, all the cool stuff to go along with oh. it, The Flying Colors did for me. You know, a local painter guy who's gotten big over the years. I mean, it was this big deal, and, and I couldn't even race because I had food poisoning, a little let down. Um, yeah, Flying Colors is making me a helmet too, right now, as we
0: speak. Smoots. Oh, Bob Smoots is Smuts. one of the best. He's an awesome dude. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, and then, yeah, when we won it in a four stroke, we beat Bradshaw again. Again, we beat Bradshaw. He was there again. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't think he got sick. It wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Not only the first time that I beat him and then he got so mad he quit second moto and went home, <laughs> then we beat him again indoors. Don't you talk about Damon like that. <laughs> don't you ever
0: talk about Damon like that.
1: I remember you were you
0: were always so clueless about like the old past motocross stuff. You just never were into it as a kid. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that as a bad way. I'm just like you just never you never were into it, you know what I mean? you just like, ah, whatever. I didn't know it. Yeah. I
1: wasn't the super fan from no. Canada like you. No, you know? I I was looking in from the outside going, <laughs> oh, oh, man, what I would give to have his T-shirt. Right, right,
0: yeah, that was you. <laughs> that was me. I mean, that was not you. Um, favorite track, Red Bud or Millville? It's one of those for you. Red Bud. Yeah, still oh, Red Bud. Okay, yeah. I know you love I Millville, too, so.
1: Um, yeah, and you know I like Southwick a lot too. I was a big sand guy.
0: Well, you were um, good in the my mud. First
1: yeah. points, in the my first point, good. My first points I ever scored were in Southwick when I was a three-digit guy, mm-hmm. and I went like eleven, thirteen, or something. It was another day where it was kind of muddy.
0: Hmm. Hey, do you remember? Do you remember us getting arrested in the Poconos?
1: Well, me and not Ping. us. Me and you. Ping and Ping. You and Pingery. Yes, <laughs> I do.
0: Every, all you guys had to chip in for bail money. I remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we went to the Wawa gas station and got all the cash we could out of an ATM so those hosers could uh, oh. steal all of our money and put us in front of you, the magistrate. <laughs> and you had to plead guilty, and we gave the money and got I know. Out. It was like
0: 800 bucks each or 800 total. I don't remember. Something about 800 cents comes to mind.
1: It might have been eight hundred total, so four hundred each.
0: I'm going through my my citizenship right now for the U S. and I gotta. It asked me if I've ever had committed a crime, and I'm like, yeah, I got arrested for reckless driving, you know, in oh one or whenever that was, and and I What's can't find felony. Re- well, I don't know. I, the, the guy was told me anytime you've been arrested, that's what he told me. Anytime you've been arrested, and I'm like, so I'm trying to find records of this arrest, and I swear I don't think that there is none, and I think those guys just arrested us and kept all the money. I bet. Oh, I'm I'm I'm
1: positive. <laughs> they just of that, they just yeah. Set it 800 bucks. Then they took. They were around. Pennsylvania State Troopers. I know. And I think they totally pulled it over on us. I don't even know if that guy was really a magistrate. <laughs> we probably went to some dude's <laughs> house. He was their friend. No, because we were in a. And he was like, to... "Yeah, now fork over the cash." <laughs> and he went through. Some you know rigmarole and made it sound legit and was like, "All right, kids, you can go." Now we were and, in for the eight hundred bucks. We were in a jail before
0: we came out. <laughs> Pinger and I were in a jail, and then that's where I said, "Hey, don't plead guilty. They would have nothing on us. They don't. They have no proof. Do not plead guilty, and they'll just let us go." And then the judge said, "How do you plead?" And Pinger goes, "Guilty." And I'm just like, "What happened to our plan in the jail cell? What happened to our plan? <laughs> he just bailed on our plan right away." So, um. All right, Kelly D. Well, hey, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, good times wrenching for you for a couple of years. A high point win, four-stroke wins, four-stroke U.S. Open support class win, undefeated season, East Coast four-stroke championship in 01, just like Carmichael and Stewart. And uh, glad you're well. Uh, hope the family's well. Tell them I said hi. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. It was, uh, it was a fun time in my life, and uh, you're probably not shocked to find out that you know I now make a – a living just talking that's how i make a living i just talk
1: no i just can't believe i'm not there with you you know (laughs) i love to do it too (laughs) but um you know have me back on again and we'll talk about the afterlife yeah so there's a lot going on nowadays with a different type of racing that i do with team faith and jet skis and you know just what I do for a regular job, that yeah. kind of stuff, I do some pretty cool stuff that's a lot different than probably anyone would think, um not just with real estate but I also work for a local government um so I do a handful of things and keep busy and oh, good kids are growing up, all that stuff's going yeah. on, man yeah it's 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 crazy, right we're all old now we're all
0: old it's 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 really weird. Nick Way's got three children he tugs tugs along to the races,
1: I'm just like huh, I do too. I don't know if you remember <laughs> yeah. my Evan, my stepson when yeah. I First met Kristen, was only four at the time, and he's a junior in college oh. right now, so it's crazy. It's depressing is what it is, K-Smith. It's depressing.
3: <laughs>
0: right it on. Well, hey, a great career, uh, nice nice job in it, and uh, thank you for the time for this on the flyracing.com X podcast, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you down the road, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. Right. Talk to you later. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends, such as...
2: The bad boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbick is that he never said sorry. Danny
0: and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian
3: Lunis. Before the
1: 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart.
2: There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory.
1: I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm
2: not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me. Just thinking to myself, that's it, you know. And it's it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that you know that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron machine.